Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or... Well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available. Do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak. M I Z. And a throw, slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Bowen Lofton's media relations consultant, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not with us tonight is uh, Brian Goers, who is apparently he's aspirated on pussy juice and is uh, in the uh, intensive care unit right now. Dang. Well, congratulations to his uh, lover. Yes. Who, who, <laughs> Brian will obviously go downtown. Yeah, it's a real change of pace for Brian. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. good news, bad news kind of situation. Sure. Glass of pussy juice, half full. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, a little strange for us to have a show. We The second show in a week in the middle of June, yep. um, late June, I we suppose. We have nothing else to do. Yep, it is uh, 4th of July weekend. So, uh, so happy Independence Day to all of you. I hope you uh, get just drunk enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, uh, we come to talk about... Mizzou football, Mizzou basketball, a little bit of everything. You know, we we brought the show to you earlier to talk about the amazing Passat vandalism case. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk to you about some other stuff. We What we really wanted to do was get a jump on the SEC media days, which are coming up shortly down in Alabama, Hoover, Alabama, because we wanted to make our SEC picks ahead of the coaches and ahead of the SEC media, because uh, obviously we're going to be a lot better with our picks and they're yeah. going to prove a lot truer. And so, uh, and we expect that they'll be significantly different than the uh, mm-hmm. traditional SEC media yep. as they've been over the last three years. Mm-hmm. So, um, but before we get into that, Colin, I want to talk to you a little bit about a story that popped up over uh, the course of the week, which is uh, R. Bowen Lofton, the former chancellor at the University of Missouri, got in the news again this week when he talked about the uh, SEC move. It's the five year anniversary of uh, Texas A&M and Mizzou going into the SEC. And uh, Bowen Lofton talked specifically about the border war and how the, uh, you know, obviously we haven't played Kansas in five years. Texas A&M and Texas have not played either. But uh, he specifically stated that there was talk on the board about having a border war matchup in Arrowhead Stadium and that it was given the kibosh by one Bill Self and said that Bill Self absolutely refused to have anything to do with Missouri in the wake of us going to the SEC and stated specifically that he had a big 
ego, a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black, but it yeah. was very interesting and got the media talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just brings up a subject that uh, we have talked about for five years. And uh, when that subject arises, you get the same arguments from Kansas. Uh, you left. You, you fucked us. You, you left us. Run the Big 12. Run the Big 12. Just ruined it. So we won't play you. The problem is, is that there's these shitball excuses. These don't hold any water. Zero. Um, Kansas will officially pay Texas A&M in basketball mm-hmm. um, in the upcoming season, which will make three out of four teams who left the Big Twelve Conference. They have played, leaving only Missouri. Yeah. So apparently, the reasons they won't play Missouri don't apply to any other team that left the conference. Missouri mm-hmm. being the fourth of those teams that the left the final. conference. I listen to a lot of sports radio talk out of uh, Kansas City because I'm a big Chiefs fan mm-hmm. and, I, and a Royals fan, and um, they will occasionally even talk about Missouri, shockingly enough. But uh, I am flabbergasted at the reaction by people that, you know, I mean, these guys are, I mean, they're disc jockey talking head types, but the reaction they have, Nate Bucati specifically on the morning show that's on 810 Radio, this that, that will try to sell this, horseshit excuse i mean i will buy and gladly take if they say we're butthurt about it you left fuck you guys we don't want to play you if that was their answer i'd say okay Mm -hmm. i don't have to like that answer but petty but okay yeah i'll buy it but this this holier than thou like you well kevin keatsman the evening show he's like you know Mizzou made this decision without any regard for KU or the conference. You know, they took money out of their pockets. They didn't even consider them when they made this decision. They were making a self-centered decision. Well, what decision would you want them to make? And why should Missouri consider why? Kansas or the Big 12 conference who would routinely fuck them over? Yeah, and big, the Big 12 is still a dumpster fire. It was absolutely a dumpster fire then, maybe even more so than now, just because everybody was kind of standing on pins and needles wondering, is this conference going to survive? Right. And so Missouri saw it out. They got an offer from the best conference in the Power 5 football, and they took it. And I'd be furious with them if they hadn't. And you brought this up before we went on the air, Colin, a, a point that really isn't brought up enough, is that the University of Kansas also made efforts to get out of the Big 12 conference. They mm-hmm. wanted to go to the Pac-10. Uh, yeah, before Missouri ever left or even started exploring leaving for the SEC, Kansas had already been... Putting out, out feelers. Yeah, trying to figure out where they're heading next. Mm-hmm. And, nobody, and the idea that Missouri was the disruptor in the Big 12 and caused for all this is complete bullshit. It's completely wrong. It, it's Texas. It's the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. The Longhorn Network, the complete Dallas-focused, Austin-focused bullshit revolving around the University of Texas is what caused all the dismay in the Big 12 conference amongst every other team. Well, and you know what's ultimately going to k- kill the Big 12 is that is money because all of these power five conferences now are starting their own networks mm-hmm. and the money is rolling in. And the only power five conference that doesn't have a network or doesn't even have on the horizon. I think there's another one that doesn't have theirs up and running yet, but it's going to start in the next two years is the big 12. And they will not start one either because part of being under the heel of Texas is there's a longhorn network and nothing else. That's right. And that's, that's the, the sword you fall on to be in the big 12. You are under the boot of Texas. Yes. And, Texas doesn't care because Texas is like, if the fucking conference blows up tomorrow, anybody will have us. Mm-hmm. We'll go to the Pac-10. We'll go to the SEC. Every, anybody wants Texas. Yeah, They're a commodity. They're a blue chip program. They got more money than Christ. And they'll take Oklahoma with them. And Oklahoma, anybody will have Oklahoma. So there's these two programs that they can go anywhere they want at any time they want. And everybody else is just being held hostage. And good for Missouri for going, we're not going to be held hostage. No, We're not a blue chip program. And we're, we don't have all this cachet, but nobody says we got to be under somebody's heel. 
Right. And, and you know, shame on Missouri for having a backbone. Right. I mean, Missouri was looking at the prospect of being a homeless Iowa State-type team. Yeah. And they said no thank you to it. And good for them. I mean, it was a great move. And, I mean, the, the argument that Kansas has made has so wrong-headed on so many levels. Like we mentioned, they have played every other school but us. So the they idea to leave themselves. So the idea that it was the teams that left and not playing, that is false because they've already done it with everybody else. Uh, they wanted to leave themselves, and they always neglect to mention that. The Missouri had a major impact on the Big 12 breaking up, even if they acknowledged that we were the last team to VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Go. They blame us as as looking around early. That's bullshit. A lot of teams were looking. Nebraska left much earlier, and it was all based on Texas. It was Texas. Colorado. Yes. So you know it is completely without merit. And the other argument is, like you said, that they just don't want to play us, which is, if you ask me, also going to be complete garbage. Because if and when Missouri does end up playing Kansas again, it will be a complete media circus, and it will be a huge event. And you just wait for all these Kansans who didn't want to play Missouri, who don't care about Missouri anymore. Wait till they show yeah, up. We tweeted it out. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Kansas doesn't care about the rivalry until we play them in anything. Right. And then we'll see how much they don't care. One of the people who on Twitter who doesn't care about the rivalry, doesn't care about Mizzou, proceeded to then follow us on Twitter. So that's how much they don't care. <laughs> yeah. They follow our every word and well, have like, to respond every time we mention it, KU with a small K. Like the Keatsman argument that why would we ever, why should Kansas play them? They, they, totally turned their back on Kansas with no regard for the conference or Kansas. They took money out of their pocket. You know, they have, Mizzou should expect nothing from them but the high hat. They didn't take Kansas consideration at all, you know, and it's just like, okay, that's your argument. Got it. Understand. Uh, why are you playing Texas A&M this season? Because mm-hmm. they left at the same fucking time. Yeah, In fact, all the same rules first. apply. Yeah, I and mean, why do they only, and this is the point. You know how a rivalry exists? is because there's a team they refuse to play. I mean, if they were truly indifferent mm-hmm. and they said, we don't care about Missouri, we're done with Missouri, man, we're moved on, then why would they care to not to play us? They'd be like, fine, we'll schedule We don't give a shit at all. Yeah, if they didn't care, they wouldn't treat us any differently than those other three schools, but yeah. they clearly are treating they us They care deeply. And it is Bill Self's fault, and Bill Self is a complete and total fucking dickhead. And he's a piece of human garbage. (laughs) And uh, I do agree that as long as Bill Self is around, it will be very difficult to revive the Mm -hmm. rivalry. But as a lot of people are saying... Well, he responded to it today saying, we don't play... We're never... I I don't control only the basketball team. And the basketball team certainly is going to play at Arrowhead. It's too cold. Bullshit, Bill. Mm -hmm. Everybody in that athletic department knows... Nobody believes that. Yeah, well, nobody... Everyone in the athletic department knows that Bill Self has made this statement. Mm -hmm. We're not playing Mizzou, period. And guess who the athletic director of Kansas is? Bill Self. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, that guy has a lock job. 
because of Kansas basketball. I mean, like, that's right. You can, you're not going to, you're not going to argue with Bill Self. He's not just providing you uh, competitive basketball. He's providing you with job security. So what Bill Self wants, Bill Self gets. And by honestly, Bill Self has earned it. Yeah. Well, it'd be like if, uh, if Nick Saban wanted to weigh in on who and when the volleyball team played at Alabama, he absolutely could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would have, would have thrown his cock around about volleyball or men's golf or whatever. Nick Saban, Nick Saban could cancel the Alabama golf program tomorrow if, if he really wanted to. I would like to see the Alabama golf team play the Kansas football team in football and see who would come out mm-hmm. on top. Yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, it is just it's it, the reason it's aggravating to me, I think, is because one, it's just so false on its face. It's yeah. just meritless, completely bogus, mm-hmm. and uh, they won't admit to it. And then their only excuse, and because it is cowardice, is like, play us. You just, just play us. All this could be forgotten tomorrow if you would just schedule a game, mm-hmm. and then we would settle it out on the court or on the field, but they refuse to do it. And so we continue to have this argument, and it's just like the only other thing they can do is to pretend like they're too cool and like, mm-hmm. oh, we don't even care about you anymore. We're over you. But, well, if you were over us, like you said, then you would just we would just be another team. Yeah, you'd like, be indifferent to us. Yeah. You would just but play they're, us. They're not care. indifferent. They, they walk away from us. And so that's obviously false, too. It's all false. And I tweeted at Bukati today, like, you're either being butthurt about it mm-hmm. and petty or... <laughs> or you're just it's cowardice it's one or the other there is no third option you're the petty or in small or you're a coward and i honestly don't think they're cowards they're not afraid to play missouri at least not in basketball maybe they are cowards i don't know i don't I, they probably are ultimately but i think at the end of the day they're just being petty and small they are the jilted lover that's what they are they're the jilted lover you mm-hmm. know as much as they pretend they hate us somewhere deep down they love us Yes, they came out, uh, you know, on the wrong side of conference alignment. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, it's they don't they don't love us. They hate us, mm-hmm. and they just saw their rival for a hundred and fifty years cash in a winning lottery ticket, and they're still in their trailer park cooking up meth in their bathtub, and they're like, "Son of a bitch, Mizzou wins again." Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that even from an athletic standpoint, but Mizzou is Missouri's a better state. The college is a better college. It's just better on just about every level. The only thing that Kansas has above us is the basketball program. Yeah, exactly. And they cling to that with like grim death. And that's what I mean. It's like, it's the rancid insecurity. Like they think they're being indifferent and like, oh, Mizzou. It's like, no, this smacks of insecurity. Mm -hmm. You are so petty and so small and so insecure it just you, it eats you up inside, mm-hmm. and I wish these people could be honest with themselves. You yes. know what I mean? Like it's never going to happen. You're barking up the wrong tree if you yeah. want that. If <laughs> but you want I mean, to like expose their vulnerabilities. Yeah, it's 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 so frustrating. And the biggest thing that's frustrating when I listen to these talking heads on the radio, I expect it from certain people, but you expect professionals, quote unquote, to like have a a rational uh, perspective about it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we're rational. Like, we make fun of other teams in the SEC. We obviously make fun of Kansas. But at the end of the day, I can tell you Bill Self's a really good basketball coach. Right. And Kansas' basketball program is a blue-chip program. I will readily admit those things. Like, I can say those things because I feel like... It just Missouri, is. It just is. I'm you'd not going to pretend you'd it's look not. like a fool to not admit it, to be yeah, true. Yeah, and then on the, uh, from the, the counter perspective, like, they will admit nothing. Yeah. They will give not an inch of ground... And it just smacks of desperation and insecurity, and I just it drives me crazy. Nate Bucati really stoked the fire today on social media, and it, it uh, really, Colin, it makes me want to award him something. Uh, he deserves an award. And so let's go ahead and give him Dude of the Week. Now, there's Anybody a, that's going to put me in agreement and on the same side of an argument as Gabe Diarman deserves the Douche of the Week. I'm Dude of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't know that we've ever given 
two Douche of the Week awards, because I think we gave Barrett Sally earlier in the week the Douche of the Week award. Mm -hmm. Douche of the Week. But uh, sure, we can have two douches. The world's big enough for two douches. Sure. So uh, congratulations to Nate Bukitti. There's 2.9 million of them in Kansas. Douche of the Week. Yeah. Uh, The one good thing about this is that uh, we're all excited about the basketball program turnaround and the hope that we will once again be in the tournament. And should we make the tournament, it will be out of Bill Self's hands Mm -hmm. because the, uh, the college basketball world seems to readily expect that uh, should Missouri and should Kansas both be in the NCAA tournament, they will be put together in the same region, and very likely we could end up playing them against the will of Kansas. And like I said, just wait for the fucking media circus and just wait for all these Kansas fans who don't care about Missouri to suddenly care yeah, very they, much. They sell half tickets to Mizzou fans and half tickets to Kansas fans. I fully expect the Kansas seats to just be empty. Why would they even show right, up? Right, yeah, yeah, sleep through that one. Yep. Yeah, so it's bullshit. Colin, I think it is time. We, we should take a break. We don't have enough time in the first segment, but we're going to get in to the main entree of the show, which is our SEC breakdown and our Sounds picks for the delicious. week. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, we're going to fire up the grill, get ready for that. It is 4th of July weekend. We're going to give you a little special treat in the break to fire you up your patriotism for yeah, this independent The independence most patriotic song ever made in honor of the 4th of July. Enjoy. This is the Mazodcast. Now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazodcast. And we're back, and we're here to talk about the SEC and where everybody's going to end up this year. And like we said, we're going to do this in advance of the SEC media days down in Hoover, Alabama. And Colin, why don't we start out by talking about the West? Because obviously that is the division that we care least about. Uh, others talk about the West because they feel like it's the better division, as it usually is. But and they're not wrong. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about them first because fuck them and get them out of the way. So let's, I guess let's go maybe bottom to top. What do you think? I don't care. You name it. I'll, I'll see what I can know about the teams, Okay. Which is probably very little. Well, I'm going to start out. I'm going to name some schools, and I'm basing this off of Athlon Sports, who has already gotten their SEC picks for the no, year. Oh, they beat us to the punch, huh? Well, there's several of the SEC media folks who have, uh, who have made their decisions. And as so often is the case, it looks like Missouri might be near the bottom. Hmm, um, but in the, uh, in the West, it looks like the lowly Ole Miss running Rebs are not getting much love from the uh, media folks. So, Colin, what's your take on Ole Miss? Where would you put them this year? Well, I'd say that's pretty close to the close to the bottom would be the right place. I mean, they're under these sanctions uh, are are going to be. They're certainly under a cloud 
based on the cheating shitbag that is Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he denies knowing anything about any of it, mm-hmm. even though he's the head coach of the program. He's a hypocrite, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Um, they've lost institutional control, mm-hmm. about, according to the NCAA. But he knows nothing about that. Um, but he doesn't know about Jeebus. That's how you say it, right? Yes. Anyway, um, everybody says their offense should be, can score on anybody. Mm. Um, but their defense was, was ranked last in the SEC last year. And, um, I don't expect that to change. One of the things that used to drive me crazy a couple of years ago about the, uh, old miss was they were the land sharks and they were talking about their defense being so good. And if you looked at their defense, you watched them play and you looked at their ranks in the SEC, they were just very middling, but old miss's defenses have been so poor that they had, uh, being middling was enough to give their defense its own nickname, mm-hmm. like the Iron Curtain. Right, like the Nebraska black shirts. Too. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. But no, they're going to be terrible. I, I, find, I feel like they're going to fall on their face. Uh, crazy thing is, is that I feel like despite the cloud hanging over them, and despite the fact that I don't think they'll win very many games, I feel like Hugh Freeze's job it's is secure. safer than, like, say, a Butch Jones or Kevin Sumlin, who theoretically are all kind of in the same basket. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think he beat Alabama a couple times and really, and Ole Miss, I think people forget how lowly Ole Miss really is historically over the last 20 years. And that if you beat Alabama, you're beloved there. And, uh, and I honestly, his, uh, his very false piety, piety that he he expresses plays really well down in Mississippi Mm -hmm. and people buy into that, whether it's true or not. And so they buy into him and um, they're not interested in hashtag fake news, right? Hashtag failing. Yeah. Alternative facts for you. Freeze. Uh, I and I also think that one of the reasons they're going to do poorly, not just their bad defense, is that uh, people talk about them being able to score points. Their rushing attack is not going to look that strong. They're returning their uh, quarterback in Shea Patterson, and they're going to have a lot of wide receivers. Their passing game should be strong, but they have not looked good the last four seasons. They've been in the bottom half of rushing attacks, and they don't have their returning rusher this year. They're going to be a one-dimensional offense, and they're not going to have any defense. They don't stand much of a chance in this West. No, not at all. And <clears throat> I'll enjoy watching them lose. Mm-hmm. Another team that uh, has been start always starts out hot and then falls way back in this division, yet gets a lot more love than Mizzou, even though we came at the same time, Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas A&M um, does the same thing every year. They come out hot, mm-hmm. and then they fall on their faces. And uh, – I think the word that best describes Texas A&M is soft. They're just a soft team. They have been a soft team, and I think that's Kevin Sumlin's biggest Achilles heel is these. Te- they start out hot, but they they never persevere. They're not tough. They don't ever bounce back or fight back in a tough game. They're just they start out hot, and the minute the wheels start to come off, they just fall apart like a two dollar pocket watch and hammer mill. And if a team lacks resiliency or or toughness i think that is a direct indication of coaching yep and, and that's kevin Semlin. and you have been down on kevin Semlin from the get-go you've never liked him as a coach well and they've they, yeah i have not i i just every time i hear him talk i go this guy's a stone-cold dum-dum and then <clears throat> they don't really know what they're doing at quarterback yet that's right i think that's their big achilles heel this year so i mean you got a team that perpetually underperforms mm-hmm. with a coach that seems to perpetuate soft teams right without a quarterback so that doesn't look good. And I, I, I fully expect Kevin Sumlin to lose his job after this season. And what, and what kind of record A&M, do you think they would need for him to maintain his job? Nine wins. Mm, and that ain't going to happen. No, no, it's not going to happen. But I would think, I think his seat is very hot. And in, short of nine wins, he's going to be gone. Because Texas A&M has given him, I think the SEC, as much as they embrace Texas A&M, Texas A&M does not ha- have a storied football program 
in a long time. Like mm-hmm. they did have a storied football program. They were one of the preeminent teams in the nation a gazillion years ago, but they have not been good for a long time. And their expectations have not been SEC great. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They have, they have weathered a lot of seven, eight win seasons more so than I think most SEC programs would. And, um, there, but even Kevin Sumlin can't criminally underperform this many years in a row without losing his job. Another team that is in that sort of Texas A&M mold that uh, doesn't have a lot of hope but could be middling in the West is Mississippi State. The Bulldogs are in, of course, the tough West division. I don't know what they do have that would make them put them in the top half of this division. Well, the the everybody seems to be high on their quarterback, this Fitzgerald kid. I even heard somebody go so far as to say he could be a dark horse for the Heisman. I think that is fucking nonsensical talk. But if he is good – I mean, a good quarterback is always a great place to start for your football team. And and they do seem to be a darling dark horse pick in the West. And not mm-hmm. a dark horse to win the West, but just like a to dark horse jump to up like compete bit. in the West. And that is that is as much as uh, they can, you know, that's the high bar for that dark horsing mm-hmm. <laughs> is just being competitive. But everybody thinks their quarterback is supposed to be pretty good. And, you know, like I said, if you're going to, in my opinion, if you're going to give a team a chance, it starts and ends at quarterback. Yeah, and and uh, time will tell whether he's as good as people predict. The SEC media has not been very good at predicting those types of no, things. No, and the SEC media, uh, there was even an article on the SECnetwork.com talking about how they they haven't predicted the East right in a gazillion you know years. Like the past five years, they haven't got it right. Right. And it's like, well, that's not shocking because when you read their articles, they have no – they obviously watch like three teams and nobody else, and they know nothing about the other teams. And the only reason they've been able to predict the West correctly is because they have been dominated by Alabama. But mm-hmm. you remove Alabama from that equation, they have a fucking clue. Right. And, and Mississippi State's kind of in the same situation as Texas A&M where their defense is not particularly good. And it's a, it's a league where if you don't have a very strong defense – Watch out. I mean, that's going to be the Tigers. Well, I'll say too. this for, um, the, our, our time in the Big 12 versus the time in the SEC that the, the, I, the Big 12 press corps was much more, uh, realistic about the conference on a whole than the SEC media is. The SEC media is very insular. Like if you write for a paper in South Carolina, you see South Carolina as competitive every year. And if you write for a paper in Knoxville, Tennessee is the pick to win the East every year. They just never seem to look beyond, look, I've seen my team practice a couple times mm-hmm. and that means they're going to win. Uh, I didn't, I don't feel like that was existed when we were in the Big 12. I feel like everybody was kind of, I mean, there may be a, a slight tick of homerism from your local guys, but it certainly was, I never remember hearing this, these flag in the ground predictions for, a program that didn't look like they were going to win anything. Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot in the SEC. Yeah, they very much cling to, very much like the Southern culture. They just cling to, you know, memories of the past. And, mm-hmm. uh, that I don't see why happened. losing a war is such a fucking boon, you know, something to hang feather in your cap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's hey, a we had the cost. biggest treasonous insurrection in history. Yeah, we we'll take great pride in that. <laughs> That's right. So the last of the middling teams of the West uh, we'll bring up is our uh, new rivals in Arkansas. Arkansas finished at the bottom of the pack last year in the West, and uh, now they're coming on and uh, trying to uh, make a little bit more headway. Uh, you talked about hot seats. Brett Bielema has to be on the hot seat this year as he's not been able to get much traction there in Arkansas. How do you think they're going to perform this year? Well, they bring back a uh, quarterback as well, um, an Allen who has established himself as a decent quarterback. And if he takes a step forward, that certainly bodes well for the Hogs. But they don't have any skill position players. I mean, mm-hmm. a tight end could end up leading them in receiving. And uh, so 
is he a good quarterback? Probably. Is he a great quarterback? Probably not. And they just don't have a lot of other weapons on offense. And, you know, they're going to have their gigantic offensive line that really hasn't done really much for them anyway. They don't have some uh, superstar running back. The defense is basically based on most accounts, middling at best. I mean, they and they're are, switching their entire scheme up this year too. They're going to a three, four yeah, defense. The, and that, that doesn't usually, you know, you, you need a couple years of, of uh, recruiting to that scheme to really get your roster. Missouri right. knows more about that oh. than anybody. Arkansas to me looks middling across the board, offense, defense, special teams. They just being in the West. I mean, middling is going to get you a big fat turd burger. Well, so that leaves us three teams in the West, and that will be the three basic, what we believe to be the competitors for this division, Alabama, LSU, and Auburn. How would you rank those three schools, Colin? I'd say mm, go with number three. Number three, I would say Auburn. Okay. And I think a lot of people pick are picking them to be number two, but I, uh, Auburn the last couple seasons has not shown me that they know how to win football games anymore, at least on a consistent level at the top of the West. I think uh, their coach, Malzahn, I think he's losing his fastball, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. And that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they fucking come out of the gates like a house on fire. But I I feel like over the last two to three seasons, they have got just a little bit worse, just a little bit worse, just a little bit worse. And I think it's going to take a change at the head coaching position to recapture the fire. I, I just feel like he's he doesn't have it anymore, at least not with this program. It's not that he can't do it with another program I just feel like Auburn Malzahn has worn old, is, is worn thin. It's over. You know what I mean? They've been to the circus. They've seen the strings. They know what he is, and they're just not impressed anymore. What Auburn does bring to the table this year, it looks like a strong offense um, led by its running attack. They've got some uh, returning running backs who are going to be the foundation of that offense. Well, and, they've got a quarterback <clears throat> poised in, uh, in Jarrett Stidham. Uh, so offensively, I Stidham think doesn't being, impress me. The, I don't care about your running backs when you have to meet LSU and all or in Alabama's defensive lines. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not that it's a bad thing to have good running backs, but it's, and I don't, I don't believe in their quarterback. I mean, that's not that he's bad. I just don't believe in him that he's going to be the difference maker. I think he's, he's going to be, you know, he's not going to lose you the game. He's the Alex Smith of college quarterbacks. Like he's going to be all okay. things return to the Chiefs. So yeah, going. I know. Yeah, so so I I'm going to go ahead and assume for the number two spot, you're going to pick LSU. I am. LSU is going to be good on defense. They're going to be going to have a good running game. They don't know what the fuck to do at quarterback, but they never know what the fuck to do at quarterback. Never, ever. Yeah, and it's is now we're a year out of the Les Miles era, and they're still having these quarterback issues. My biggest, my biggest. Um, fear with LSU is the coach. I mean, they, they gave Johnny Lightbulb head the job. You know, he's a weeble bobble. You can push him over, but he won't fall down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's a raging Cajun. Yeah. But I feel like maybe that, uh, success he had, I never thought they'd give him the job. They gave him the job. He seemed like he caught a lightning in a bottle, but anytime you get a big personality, I feel like that wears out really fast. Like, okay, he's a great personality and the players like him to return to the Chiefs, Britain. Again, mm-hmm. as you love when I do. Please like, do. Romeo Cornell um, was the player's favorite. He got the job after they fired uh, Haley and uh, he flamed out because, yeah, he's a big teddy bear and everybody likes him, but could the guy fucking coach? And that's what I feel like that we don't know about Ogeron yet. Can he coach? Mm-hmm. You know, and we know everybody likes him. We know he's got a, a big personality and he's a great with the mic in front of him. He's brown as a cocoa bean, but um, that's all we know about him, to, in my mind. We'll know a lot more if we can find out if LSU will learn how to throw passes this year. Because I if don't they think can they pa- will. If they can, though, they they can compete with Alabama, in my mind, if oh. they can somehow learn how to throw the ball forward. If fucking 
LSU would just take a page of Hugh Freeze's book. I mean, I would say, go pay whatever it takes to get a good quarterback, because God only knows what you would have done with the teams you've had if you've had anybody who could throw a forward pass. But I think one of the biggest knocks on Les Miles was it didn't matter who was playing quarterback. He wasn't going to throw a forward fucking pass, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least not more than seven or eight a game. Yeah, so now uh, we go to Alabama, who is the perennial favorite in the uh, SEC West, and uh, they're going to lose a lot of talent, but it doesn't ever matter for Alabama because they always have returning five stars. Yeah. And the interesting thing to me is they will have a new look on the offense as uh, as their old offensive coordinator is now heading things down in Orlando. For, sure. <laughs> Mr. Kiffin. Yeah. And so uh, Who Paul Feinbaum just couldn't talk highly enough about. Right. And that worked out so great. So we will see something different from them. What that will look like, I do not know. Yeah, their new offensive coordinator, former chief offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Brian Dable, yeah. also of the Cleveland Browns, and uh, a terrible flame out in the NFL. Yeah, so which is why he's at college. But you know, they got Jalen Hurts returning. Yeah, was- good QB. That's like again a great place to start. They need another wide receiver, but one of the four or five star kids that's been riding the pine, I'm sure, will step up and take that role mm-hmm, as they always do. Yeah, the defense is going to be salty. It always is. I mean, Alabama's got to a point where you just pick them. Where a team like Auburn or or somebody below that will have to prove it to me mm-hmm. that they're for real. Alabama has to prove that they're not for real before I stop believing them. Well, we went into this talking about how the SEC media just sort of picked teams based on past performance. And here we are talking about Alabama kind of doing that. But Alabama has to prove to us that they can't do it. I mean, well, it's based on past performance, but it's also based on the fact that you know the roster is full of five star recruits. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that coming into next year, it looks like Alabama is a little slower on the recruiting game than they have been in years past. Well, I know that. Uh, I know it's early, but well, I, Kirby Smart's been. I one of the things that Georgia has been hyping on uh, on their sites is that no team has gotten more five star recruits in the past two years than Georgia, save Alabama. Maybe maybe Kirby being because he knew those kids he he knew that who Alabama was targeting may have may have plucked some of those kids out of Alabama's backyard nothing lasts forever I mean it is going to end for Alabama at some point it has to mm-hmm. yeah when will be the year will be this year I don't know that there's anybody in the West though who can take that man well that's away as from much them. as anything it's who you know Alabama's going to be at the very least good mm-hmm. and who is going to be great no none of the other teams look awesome I mean everybody says the SEC was down a bit last year I don't see market improvement in any of the, the programs to think that we're going to be world beaters this year. Well, let's go to the East then, Colin, and uh, let's start from the bottom as we did before. Uh, who do you think will be in the cellar in the SEC East in 2017? I'm going to say probably Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt's a smart choice. I mean, Vanderbilt was not good last year. It was one of the few teams that we did beat in conference play last year when we only had four wins in the entire season. Mm-hmm. And they're returning a couple of key uh, position players. Um, they've got uh, returning quarterback Kyle Shermer and uh, running back Ralph Webb. And, so, and he's good. Yeah. And so they've got two solid places. It's a good foundation. But that's it. That's all. That's yeah. Everything else is just straight up Vanderbilt football as we've seen it for years and years <laughs> yeah, and years. Yeah, yeah. And so, fuck it. Why would we pick out Vanderbilt to bounce up? Why no. would they jump? No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm holding back my Mizzou comments through all of this because I want to compare them to each and every time we go through one of these teams' rosters. But the fact is, is that while most of the SEC pundits pick Mizzou to be last, it's like if you knew anything about Mizzou's roster, you know that their roster is much better than, the, than Vanderbilt's roster. 
right. you know, from top to bottom. And there's no reason for Mizzou not to finish above Vanderbilt. Well, and if we're talking about returning starters and returning uh, skill positions as a good place to start when you're making these picks, Missouri on offense, fuck, they're returning everybody. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, Vanderbilt, we've got at number seven. See, we've got number six now. Who would you pick down there? Now, this is tough because the East is a middling bunch. And, top, almost top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really, I mean, you could take uh, everybody except for Vanderbilt. I feel like you could just throw them in a bag and just push, start pulling them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, with the exception of, you know, in my opinion, probably Florida. But I don't know. I want to. I'm going to say Kentucky. Everybody's picking Kentucky as their darling mm-hmm. of the SEC. This is the year for Kentucky, Brennan. This is their year. I'm like, show me because I don't see it. You know, I mean, I. I you know, Jake Bentley's their their quarterback, and everybody kind of tentatively goes, "He's good," but nobody says he's great. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, they're just like, and uh, they've got no defensive line. How are they going to stop a running game? You know, Stoops has not been a very good coach. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not done anything that makes me go, "Wow, he's really going to going to scheme things up." You know, they've got a good offensive line and conceivably have a pretty decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. But well, and they got this Drew Barker kid who had back surgery, you know, we haven't really been able to see him work out either. But yeah, I mean, I think the reason that people have some hope about, I feel like the last three seasons, people have said, watch out for Kentucky. Kentucky football is going to make a little jump here. And it really hasn't happened. Well, I think if there's any small kernel of credit you can give or respect you can glean for Missouri in the SEC East or in the SEC in general is that if you put Missouri's roster on Kentucky right now, they would definitely be the dark horse to win because they're on Missouri's roster. They're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think part of that is just expectation. Missouri's done it a couple times in the East. They've been competitive as much as the SEC media doesn't want to admit it. Um, so this very middling, very okay roster for Kentucky, they're like, watch out for Kentucky. They don't completely suck this year. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and that, that's supposed to give us tons of confidence. Well, and I think uh, people like that Kentucky's returning a lot of starters on defense, but it's also worth mentioning that their defensive coordinator left them for Colorado and they have a whole new defensive coordinator in Matt House this year. So it's going to be a whole new scheme, a whole new guy. You never know what that's. It's always a wild card. Well, and they, it's not like they drummed Missouri and they played Missouri when we were, the offense was struggling and we were still running the fucking hot garbage scheme on defense. Hot, hot garbage. You know, to me, there's there's three or four, there's two or three games last season I think that I was just absolutely believe Mizzou would have won if they would have just been in the old defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we hadn't done it yet is cost us games. And Kentucky was one of those games. Right. Yeah, I, I still look at Missouri as even though we only won four as a six win team because there were games like Georgia that we absolutely let go away, Middle yeah. Tennessee specifically. Uh, okay, let's go to the number five team. Who do you have, Colin, after uh, Kentucky? I'm let's go six. Tennessee. Okay. Tennessee has a bad coach. Yep. He has proven time and time again. If Tennessee was going to do something, it would have been last year. That's when they had the talent. They got to have a new quarterback because the space alien. space alien that is Josh Dobbs is gone. Listen, new QB and a bad coach equal bad times. Mm-hmm. I was listening, and you know Tennessee's going to be bad. The way I judge Tennessee is like, 
they're not picking Tennessee to finish in the top two, so they must be really bad. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yes, like they agreed. Like so they're just going, well, Tennessee's maybe three, four in that area. You you run that through the realism realism translator, and that means they're gonna fucking suck. Because mm-hmm. we wanna pick Tennessee. Well look like, at, so their optimistic view is like four. <laughs> look know? at that Missouri Tennessee game last year where it was just basically there was no defense in that no. game. And the only reason that Missouri lost that game was because of Josh Dobbs. Yeah. They had no answer for that. And uh their defense I mean, people look at Missouri as being really bad this year because their defense is such a question mark. God, Tennessee's defense was every bit as bad mm-hmm. as Missouri's last year. Yeah. And their offense looks to be worse. Yeah. So how can you make them look better? I mean, no. you can't put lipstick on that pig. Tennessee's going to suck. Yep. Mark it down. Okay, that'll take us to the number four team in the West. Yeah, South Carolina. And I think I think South Carolina's going to uh, surprise some people. And they scare me a little bit. I mean, really, Muschamp is the is my biggest trepidation with with giving them too much credit. I feel like Muschamp can fuck up anything. He could mm-hmm. fuck up a crowbar in a sandbox. Yeah, but um, they have a as you as Mizzou fans may remember, they have a pretty good quarterback, a fucking kid who should have been a senior in high school, and uh, he threw it all over the yard and not just against Mizzou. He looks good. He looks legit, and he's going to be a sophomore this year, but still young. And they have good skill position players. So, um, as you might remember for their games when that kid was just fucking throwing it up and every time he threw it up, one of their receivers would come down with it, even when the balls were, you know, contested in the air. And it's because they got good school, skill position players. They got a good quarterback. And that's, like I said, it's a good place to start. The defense was middling last year mm-hmm. and you'd th- assume that. There might get better. I mean, if Muschamp has a signature, it's supposed to be defense. Yeah, but their defensive line is basically completely remodeled this year because they lost so much talent on on the defensive no, line. Sure. So that you know, it, you look at them playing out against a Missouri who stands to be pretty good at on running the ball. You know, I can imagine them running right through South Carolina. Well, I can, I can imagine Mizzou scoring a lot of points on South Carolina and just about anybody else. My concern is is that I think South Carolina is going to surprise Mizzou and a lot of other teams with how efficient their passing game is. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but I, I, it all boils down to me to the must-champ factor. And we've seen him a lot of years now. We've been in the league five years, and inexplicably, he uh, continues to have coaching jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at Florida for a while, now at South Carolina. He's going to fritter away a lot of games, and hopefully he'll do it against us. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, whatever you look at South Carolina as sitting, I'd da- take it down at least one notch because Will mm-hmm. Muschamp is their coach. Sure. Oh, well, probably. That's honestly with me picking. I I'm so high on their quarterback and receivers. Picking them at four is taking them down a notch mm-hmm. because of Muschamp. Well, okay, let's go to number three then. Who do you look? I'm going to go with uh, Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's okay. a shocker for you. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I don't believe I in Georgia. I keep waiting for hearing a familiar name, but it. I haven't heard yet. I don't believe in Georgia because hmm. um, I don't believe in Kirby Smart. And okay. Kirby Smart has been able to recruit, but you ask ask uh, Butch Jones, that doesn't there doesn't necessarily translate into big success. My biggest belief in Georgia comes from this kid Eason, who's their quarterback. Yeah, who he, I think Jake is Eason a, is a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. You know, they're gonna be um, solid on both ends of the ball, but they've got a bad offensive line. So my hope is is that you got Kirby Smart, whom which I don't believe in. I think he's a product of of Saban. And you've got a good quarterback behind a shit offensive line and a, and a, and a just middle of the road defense. So, you know, when everybody's, a lot of people are very high on Georgia this year. That's kind of their love. They've been getting a lot of love. And I look at them and go, yeah, they got a quarterback with no offensive line. They got a middle of the road defense with a co- unproven coach who's only in his second year. Yeah. You know, what about this team screams fucking deadlock 
champ East champions. Well, I, I think that uh, George is going to be the favorite pick amongst a lot of the pundits. And I do think that it's, it's not the dumbest money in the world to pick them at the top spot in the East, in the middling Eastern division. No, sure. But I also look at what they were last year. And I look at how we really let, we should have won in a game in one of the worst teams Missouri's had in recent history. And, 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 and we, the beginning of the year when we were really bad. We, that's right. And and we went toe-to-toe with Georgia. The one thing that scares me about Georgia, as it does every year, is when I look at our team play Georgia, from a talent perspective, they always do look like they're just a, they're just bigger and faster and stronger than we are. Yeah, I can and, see that. And, and so – you know, when they have to replace players, I think, well, Georgia's got the capability of replacing players that leave with good players. And so they spooked me a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I do think that they could be overrated because you look at what they were and they do have to make a oh, tremendous jump to to get to the position that a lot of people are going to put them at. And that is to, you know, take Florida's mantle over the last two years as the Eastern champion. If, if they had a better offensive line and could keep this Eastern kid upright better, I would say I, w- I would be much higher on them. Well, let's take the uh, number two spot in the East, Colin. Who you got? Our Missouri Tigers. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So everybody, it's no secret. You're listening to this show because you like Missouri and you know what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. They're going to score a lot of points. Yeah, Drew Locke is going to be in, have another year in his belt. And despite the fact that I don't think anybody was over the moon with Drew Locke's performance last year, when you look at the numbers, he was as good as anybody in the SEC. Um, you've got a top-notch uh, wide receiver group coming back. If Jamon Moore... As event has matured into anything resembling a consistent football player, he should be he should be a tough matchup for any team in the league. And I still think Jonathan Johnson. Jonathan gonna, Johnson. I think he's going to break out. Uh, Mason. You know we're going to have some tight ends this year. We're going to have Demario Crockett. We're going to have Ish. Mm-hmm. Who you know Nate Strong possibly. Nate Strong is. I'm I'm hoping for big things out of Nate Strong. The offensive line played terrific last year. I can't see why that wouldn't happen again. So everybody's pretty high on uh, Mizzou's offense. You know, if you listen to the SEC pundits, if you listen to Paul Feinbaum, they never talk about Mizzou ever. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to ever mention them, it's that eh, Mizzou's offense could score a lot of points. Yes, and so an interesting thing here, I mentioned I'm looking at Athlon sports stuff. They had Missouri as the seventh and last team in the East, as a lot of people do. And that can only be related to, A, the fact that we won four games last year, and, B, that our defense was abysmal. And uh, they just make the assumption that they will be equally abysmal this year. Well, I think that's – and this is the why, why I've got them number two in the East is because I think most of the people are basing this ranking on our defense being so bad last year. But I am you know, convinced that the biggest part of our defensive problems – well, there, we did lose some talent, no, no mistake. The biggest issue with our defense last year was schematic. You know, I mean, the last three games of the season, we looked much better on defense. We got pressure on the quarterback and it was not new players. It was a new scheme. It was the old scheme, you know. So my thought is, is that Barry Odom does not completely shit the bed and try to change, you know, the defensive scheme again. If he just does what Mizzou has done well for a decade, and that is get after the quarterback, they'll be fine Mm -hmm. on defense. I'm not saying they're going to be good. They're not going to be, you know, the defense from two or three years ago. But if they could just be an average defense paired with this offense, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people in East and all these, all these teams that are, all these guys that are picking them to go one and seven and, and be the, in last place in the East are going to be like, where did Mizzou come from? Yeah. It's like, you never paid attention. You think it's our roster that was the problem on defense. It's our fucking scheme. On top of all of this is that uh, the schedule lays out more favorably for Missouri this year than it did last year. And in that we have a pretty soft non-conference schedule. We have most of the more difficult Eastern Division teams or uh, in-conference teams 
at home and saying this isn't going to be an improved team and a team that could have easily won six games last year. Mm-hmm. There's really no reason to expect they could win less than six games this season. And, you know, if, if everything plays out the way you're talking about, this could be very possibly an eight win team. Well, my thing is, is that if I'm, with this offense and this East, if we're not competing, then Barry Odom's on, on a hot seat for me, at least like this, this, this quarterback with this running back, with this receiving core, you're not, you know, in a four year stretch, this is as good as Barry Odom's going to have it probably offensively. And if you can't make, and hay, he's a defensive coach. Yeah. And if you can't make hay, then fuck you. You're not going to ever make hay. Like you either do it with when you, that's why Butch Jones is so terrible. If you can't do it when you got your shot, when the window's open, if you can't cash in, then when, how are you going to cash in when you don't have that mm-hmm. roster? Yeah. Well, so that takes us to our number one team, and there's only one left, and that is the University of Florida. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say Florida for the third year in a row, and uh, reason being is they're uh, they got a good team, you know, top to bottom, good defense. Uh, their front seven is going to be good. They they got a they're going to have the biggest question mark there is quarterback, mm-hmm. but thank Christ they're not going to run that Del Rio kid out there again this year. It's between this Zaire kid and this Frank's kid, and uh, everybody kind of expects that Zaire kid to take it. He's a mobile quarterback and he's got a strong arm, but it's kind of a scatter gun. Uh, kind of reminds me of a Josh Dobbs type. And, uh, between their defense and, uh, a decent running game and good wide receivers that can make a, you know, this kid who's maybe not a natural quarterback look a lot better. They're just, they're an easy pick. Well, so for, I do disagree. I think if there's a place where I'm going to disagree with you, I think it is in the top of the East where I think Georgia's in a better position than Florida. And the reason I'll tell you why is one, Georgia has an established quarterback that they know who they're going to put out there right out of the gate. They, Florida is also only returning three starters on their defense. They're going to have to completely remodel their defense. I just think if there is a year and, and Florida has sort of backed into the East championship last Agreed. two years Agreed. in a bad Eastern division. And if there's a year that they're going to, if, Florida were to win three years straight, it would look like Florida must have been dominant, but they have not been dominant. And if they're going to go down, I think this is the year they could go down because they just don't have the same level well, of listen, talent that Georgia, with Georgia does. Georgia and Missouri and Florida two are the three teams I think are best in the East. And everybody's going to say, Missouri, what? But those are the three best teams in the East. And the reason I'll give the edge to Florida over Missouri or Kirby Smart is I think McElwain's a good coach. And I don't know what Kirby Smart is yet. Mm-hmm. And they, um, like I said, Georgia does have the quarterback, as, as does Missouri. But, you know, I don't really know what Barry Odom is yet. I don't know what Kirby Smart is yet. What I do know is that Georgia's offensive line is going to have trouble. And, you know, they got like a 6'2 kid, like a 6'2 sophomore, like playing left tackle for him now. You know, like they're, de- they're, not, they're not a lot of depth there. There's not a lot of size. They're, they're in trouble there. And I don't care how good this Easton kid is. If he's flying flat on his fucking back, he can't throw to anybody. So the question, and they don't have wide receivers. Yeah. They got nobody to throw to. So the question I have for you, Colin, is I do agree that Missouri, I think, will jump up and uh, surprise some people in the SEC media. But for them to be the number two spot in the division, that, that you almost have to be a nine win team. And I don't know if I see nine wins on the calendar. I don't know if I do either, but I don't know. I really feel like because the East from top to bottom, if you like get, take Vanderbilt out of it and take the rest of the teams and like throw them in a hat, there's not a six inches of cock between all of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're all middling. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel like they could beat one another up and it could be a year where eight wins does take second in the East. Yeah. And I do think that most people are going to look at Missouri and say six or seven wins. It's going to be very, 
you know, the real pessimists will say- I think most people in the state will. I don't know how many people outside of the state will. Yeah, I think, well, but I think realistically, the morons will say maybe five wins, but I think six or seven is what you're going to hear from most people. I think that um, eight is very possible. I mean, Brian Goers is not here to tell us we're crazy, but I think eight wins is possible. And if eight wins can win the East or get second in the East, so be it. But uh, yeah, so- the way we've got it, we've got it looking like Alabama and Florida, which we bitch about the SEC pundits just picking the same thing over and over again. This is the same thing over again, what we're saying. Well, it's not, it's the same thing over again, but it's, it's not what the pundits are picking. They're picking Georgia, uh, Alabama. Yeah. You know what that's, I mean? that's true. That's true. <clears throat> so like, I feel like, you know, what we're doing is looking at these rosters and looking at the teams and looking at the coaches and saying, what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like so many of those guys are just saying, I've heard of the word Florida before. Mm-hmm. I've heard of the word Georgia before. Alabama is the best. You know, it's just some sort of fucking automaton robot just saying whatever. I honestly believe that on the SEC network, other than Booger McFarlane, nobody that works at that network has watched more than 13 snaps of Mizzou football in the last four years. Mm-hmm. You know I what agree. I mean? Like it is like they don't know. I, I don't trust their opinion for us to be good or bad because they don't have a fucking clue. And they were, you know, send this article about they haven't been able to pick the East right for, you know, five years or whatever. It's like because it's not just Missouri they don't watch. It's because the the fucking talking heads they have on that network played for certain teams. And they watch like their team and a couple other teams, and that's all they do. And then some producer hands them a fucking sheet and they go on the air and talk about sports. And the rest of the week they're out on a golf course mm-hmm. or plowing their trophy wives. They're not watching college football and breaking down film. They're not certainly not watching Mizzou's defense and going, you know what? They've got some talent out there, but they're running the wrong scheme. Should we ask Paul Feinbaum who he thinks is going to win the division? Absolutely. Okay, Paul, uh, who have you got in the West this year? Alabama. Okay. Well, Shocking. that's, uh, I think we've done, this is the fourth year we've done this and Paul has chosen Alabama four straight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, you know, not completely bad picks, but, uh, what about the East, Paul? Who do you think can win the East this year? I think Georgia is going to win the East. Okay. Well, uh, he's done that before too. Uh, sure. I don't think we have any audio of him saying that, uh, that Missouri could win the Eastern Division. Nor will we ever. I, I'm not really sure how they're going to find a win in the Southeastern Conference. Not a win, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's. I'm talking to Barrett Sally. Yeah, it's indeed. The hapless Tigers continue to inch toward the bottom of the SEC. Yep. I've got him programmed and ready for going for the season. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. He's in fine form. So, uh, Colin, before we get into Kansas news, I want to talk about one last little bit of, uh, really quickly, uh, slightly related to Missouri football. Uh, Doriel Greenbeckham, DGB. Mm-hmm. He was recently released by the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a little bit of a surprise, I guess, because he was such a highly touted draft pick and, uh, such a talent. Yeah. Shocking everybody. Doriel Greenbeckham's a lazy asshole. Mm. Who could have guessed? Seems to be the case. Yeah, so he's just gone from the roster. Mm-hmm. Well, they guess they drafted a couple guys and got a couple guys in free agency, and they got who could we get rid of? Mm. Let's get rid of that super talented, lazy asshole mm-hmm. who loves pot. Yeah, more. And that's football. really what it is. I mean, he's he, that was his knock on him as Mizzou. He's just he's just a lazy asshole, and he went to the NFL and was a lazy asshole. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't care how talent you are at the NFL level. They don't want you to be a lazy asshole. No. At the professional level, there's a saying that goes, you're not good enough to be an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, you'll, they'll put up with fucking Terrell Owens for a decade, and he was just a fucking asshole of the highest order. But you know what? That motherfucker could play football. You can't be Doral Green Beckham and be an asshole, because you haven't done shit, and you're not going to do shit, because you got zero work ethic. You know, and that's one thing you can say about Terrell Owens. He may have been a complete asshole, 
but that motherfucker did a lot of crunches. <laughs> yes, he did. So, uh, bye bye to, uh, Dorial Green Beckham. Uh, we hardly knew ye. Violets are doing three kinds of suns in Kansas sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Colin, our first story of the week is stories of sharks and alligators in Kansas Lake prove untrue. Despite what you may have read, it's perfectly safe to swim in the Glen Elder Reservoir without fear of a shark attack in Kansas. And staying clear of blue-green algae, not alligators, is still a main concern in the reservoir. Add both to a long list of wildlife hoaxes in Kansas being spread over the Internet, said state wildlife officials. Hmm. During the past 24 hours, a photo of a small girl kneeling beside a shark with the title Freshwater Shark Caught in Glen Elder Lake has shown up on Facebook, some online angling sites, and apparently lots of private accounts. The link also said the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks was warning no one to swim or go near the water until they can assess the situation. The fish was allegedly caught Wednesday by an angler named Ema Leone. You'd have thought that would have been the first clue it wasn't right, said Jeff Rader, a fishing guide at the lake about 165 miles north of Wichita. I did have one of my guides contact me, though, and he was kind of worried about it. I said, come on, you work at that lake. A clerk at the state park who wouldn't give her name said she'd gotten several phone calls about the alleged shark. Most people called to joke about it, though some had taken it as fact and were worried that it was not safe to come near the lake. So you're telling me that the state of Kansas, there's people who will believe there are sharks and alligators in this freshwater reservoir. That is correct. And that's not all. Over the past 24 hours, another hoax has developed about an alligator at the Milford Reservoir, about 115 miles northeast of Wichita. According to the hoax, wildlife authorities had arrested a man who was trying to sell exotic animals, like alligators, near Milford. Allegedly, the unnamed man was caught and had released 23 rattlesnakes not native to Kansas (laughs) near the bridge. Mike Miller, Wildlife Park's information chief, said none of it is true. The story and photo are credited to a website that is known for hoaxes and pranks. Alligators have made news in Kansas. Several years ago, a dead alligator was found floating in a lake near Wolf Creek nuclear plant. It's believed someone either released it alive and it died or dumped it already dead. In 2005, a four-foot alligator was found very much alive. The pet had escaped a nearby residence. Yeah, so just... You know, just going to throw that out there for Kansas residents. There aren't alligators or sharks in your state. No, and there's no reason you should believe it. But it's just evidence that Kansans will believe anything. They did a link. <laughs> Governor Sound Brown back twice. <laughs> That's so. true. True enough. Next story is fired Kansas sheriff's deputy charged with forgery and theft. Well, he ought to know how to do it. <laughs> prosecutors have charged a fired Wyandotte County Sheriff's deputy with official misconduct. The prosecutor's office said in a news release, 38-year-old Jay Pennington was charged Thursday with unlawful acts concerning computers, forgery, and theft. The shock here is that they have computers, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Pennington was a team leader for the offender registration unit at the time of his alleged misconduct. The release said Pennington was fired and arrested Thursday. He later was released from jail on a $20,000 bond. He does not have a f- listed phone number, and the news release did not say whether he had an attorney. The prosecutor's office did not t- return phone calls to the AP. A news conference is scheduled for Friday. I'm going to tell you what. If you've ever been to um, any state, not just Kansas, sheriff deputies are not exactly the cream of the crop. No, I don't think it's the uh, you know it's the top of the uh, class that goes into the sheriff's deputy in Wyandotte County. No, no, I'm afraid not. Last story of the day, Colin. No joke. Website names Olathe, Kansas, one of nation's top beach towns. Sorry, who who did this? 
when you think of beach towns in the United States, you might think of places like Miami Beach. Sure. Or uh, Santa Monica, California. Absolutely. Or if you work at the website wallethub.com, you might think the beautiful beaches of Olathe, Kansas. No, I don't think that at all. The personal finance website in a study posted Wednesday ranked Olathe as among the best beach towns to live in the country. Not only that, the study ranks Olathe number 20 out of more than 200 cities. Despite the fact that Olathe is obviously located in northeastern Kansas, hundreds of miles from the nearest ocean. Sure. According to Wallet Hub, the study included all U.S. cities with populations between 10,000 and 150,000 and had at least one beach listed on the travel website TripAdvisor. Olathe does have one beach, most prominently at Lake Olathe. If the ranking leaves some readers scratching their heads, city officials in Olathe were quick to seize on the good publicity posting Wallet Hub's study on their official website. Well, here's my thing is, I don't know who's making this list or who's being paid, but even if we're going to broaden our scope to include beaches and in, at lakes and to beach towns, Olathe still wouldn't make the fucking list. No. Uh, it's in Kansas. Yes, it is a, it is a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, you've been yeah. to Olathe? No, I don't want to. I have. It's terrible. <laughs> it came in ahead of Miami Beach and Newport Beach, California. Olathe did. Name the 20th best beach town to live in in the United States, Wallet Hub. There are be 20 excited. better beach towns in any pe- place that has a beach on an ocean in every state that has connects to an ocean. That is fucking crazy talk. Lake Olathe is an artificial lake created in the 1950s by damming the Cedar Creek. Today, it is a 170-acre lake surrounded by a 200-acre community park. The lake offers a boat ramp, two fishing docks, and a, two small, fishing docks. And a small patch of grass and sand along the side. Listen. I stand corrected. <laughs> they have two fishing docks. <laughs> Perhaps the city's planned addition of a new sand volleyball court will push Olathe Boom. even higher in the rankings next year. Man. Watch out, Duluth, Minnesota. Olathe is coming for you <laughs> in beach towns. They got to cling to whatever they got. And if they're going to claim one of the better beach towns in the country, sure, let's let them have that from the vaunted WalletHub.com. Well, this is the state that claim, that makes uh, some pretty strange claims about why they won't play Missouri. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd say claiming Olathe is a beach town fits right in that yeah, side of that. Why narrative. would you play Missouri when you can hang out on the beautiful beaches of Olathe? Absolutely. Okay, Colin, we've wasted a perfectly good hour talking about nonsense in the middle of fucking June. Yeah, and nobody wants to know what we think about football, right? No, I think we've talked way too much football, really, for the sure. 4th of July. What do you got planned for 4th of July, Colin? Not a goddamn thing. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're leaving an exciting life. <laughs> I do. It is a good time to eat a lot of meat and get blasted drunk and maybe blow a thumb off at the fireworks display. Sure, that I probably will do. That I, I am looking forward to some Kansas news following the 4th of July. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is always some missing digits that come from Kansas news after the Independence Day holiday. I'm surprised Jacob Ewing didn't show up in Kansas News. I know. Did he rape anybody in the last one? I know. It I mean, it's also been like, I guess it's only been like six days since we did this last one. <laughs> right. Time. Yeah, it probably just hadn't been a trial yet. You know? Well, exactly. He's raped, trust me, he's raped a couple people. He just mm-hmm. hasn't. Yeah, just hasn't worked what? his way through the system. He's he's probably in the pokey right now awaiting trial. Mm-hmm. So well, it doesn't mean he didn't rape anybody. It just means he didn't rape anybody. He's probably going to become, you know, in the pokey is his normal weekend yeah. yeah uh so okay well i'm sure we'll be back with jacob soon but until then well, i guess it's about time to sign off until then well, we hope to bring brian back for me soon if he can uh, clear out his lungs from uh, yeah. <laughs> his tragedy that all cleared yeah. up so anyway i'll say m-i-z-z-o-u Alabama's the best.